Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 185th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service, and we are coming, well, I'm coming to you here live in the middle of the day. We have changed things up a little bit here uh, this week with a midday edition of Birds All Day, uh, which means that I've just roused from slumber. Uh, the one, the one you know as, uh, old, how do I say this? Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. Good, good. I, uh, I, I, I don't have my bearings yet, but it seems like I'm okay. I tease about being roused from slumber, but that is not inaccurate at this point. That's correct, yeah. Well, by the time everyone hears this, it'll be like later anyway. It'll be tomorrow by the time they hear it. So, so that's all good. So, uh, Stoughton, <laughs> lots of news in Blue Jays land. Right? Sure is. Sure is, yeah. Um, Actually, things are happening, yeah. Or have happened. Well, things are happening. Things have happened. Uh, Obviously, the big news of the week is is that the the team formally announced what had been known for months, and that that John Gibbons will no longer manage the Toronto Blue Jays. He has another year in his contract that he will be paid. Um, But his his reign at at the helm of the Blue Jays is all but over. He's got three games left. Against, uh, who are they playing? The Rays? Where they're, are they? They're at the damn Trop. They're ending the year at the fucking Trop. I was th- thinking, like, maybe that would be a good opportunity for John Gibbons to just, like, slip away. Like, <laughs> the pl- like he, he's, like, at the end of, um, at the end of, uh, what's that movie called? The Perfect Storm. Where they're oh, swimming, yeah. they're swimming out, and he just, like, slips back into the boat as it's, as it's going down. Uh, uh that's what, that's I, an apt I, analogy I, as well. I've mentioned this before on here, but, uh, it, to no end, it, it, it always bothers me. There's the one shot in that film where it's like mm-hmm. they do the 1960s Batman thing and they just turn the camera on its side and it's like Wahlberg and Clooney and the boat are like, are now vertical, but they mm. clearly just turned the, the camera on its side. They're like, whoa! And, and quite, you know, otherwise completely realistic film. So uh, really takes you <laughs> out of the moment there. Those effects, they aren't very special. Um <laughs> That's my, probably my favorite line ever from Beavs and Butthead, of all things, which has now <laughs> dated me incredibly yeah. in front of everyone. But, so yeah, John Gibbons is out, and they, it's been odd because he wasn't, like, fired. Um, there have been, this is the time of year we're starting to see managerial replacements, and the understanding is that people will be gone, and Jeff Bannister was fired in Texas, and now he's gone, and Don Wakamatsu is uh, managing the club in the interim, but Gibby's still there. Gibby's, John Gibbons is bringing out the the the, um, the menu, the menu, the lineup, and getting a standing <laughs> ovation. He's made like uh, to the point where the people who the company for which he works are making bank, so to speak, off of his dismissal. Like there has been so much Gibby content that's come flying out of there. I mean, they're just doing their job, but doesn't it seem a little unseemly? Because, I mean, he got fired, right? He got fired. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, he said all the right things, uh, you know, he, about, um, you know, not maybe not wanting to go on with the rebuild. And you kind of wonder if that's really the case. And, you know, he was, I think he, the, that piece in USA Today uh, earlier in the summer showed he was, like, making $1.7 million. Uh, and, like, uh, I think Alex Cora makes, like, a million dollars less than that. And, and I mentioned in a, a mailbag earlier in the year, you know, maybe that's... Maybe that's part of the reason why why the the Jays are going to go in a different direction. They're going to you know end up saving about a million bucks a year when they uh, hire some fresh faced young goon. Um, but yeah, it, it it is it is a little bit it is a little bit odd. It's been it's been lovely. It's been you know uh, as someone as you know and as and I, and I think as you are as well. You know as people who uh, always appreciated Gibby uh, when a lot of fans maybe didn't. Uh, it's been very nice to see him the center of attention and to see fans, you know, have an outpouring of of, uh, uh, of love for him and, and to have him sent off in that way. It would be, I think, you know, it would have been a real gift to him if they had let him just let, let it be done on Wednesday rather than having to go down to the fucking trop. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's got to get back to San Antonio, so it's a, that's a rather circuitous route, but, he, you know, I guess that works. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, it is weird. It is, it is kind of strange, but, and, and, and I also, I'm a little suspicious of some of the love because, you know, it's nostalgia for the 2015 team and just, I, I, you know, I'm sure in part a reaction to the guys who are making the decisions, uh, which a lot of people don't like still, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
Fair enough. I, 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 I don't know. If, I don't think it's quite that cynical. No. No, no I, I, don't, think, I don't think so either, either. But it, it, there could be an element of that. I'm not. I'm. I'm suspicious. But fair enough. It might be. I. I think entirely. That, yeah. That John Gibbons, the the love is is the love and the the outpouring of affection from most fans. There are still some who think that he's a fool and uh, for whatever, because mostly because probably the same ones who did before the first go around, um, probably don't like the way that he talks or the way that he looks or the way that he acts, but. Uh, he never. John Gibbons was competent in like a not in a, in a not showy way. He never screwed up. Uh, maybe he was um, outmanaged <laughs> at times, and maybe if you really like scrutinize his record, and we could point to the kind of bad record that his teams had in one-run games. And if you want to lay that at the feet of the manager, that's your want. Um, I don't think that it's unfair to do so. Um, but he not, he so he never screwed up. He didn't do anything that really aggravated people. He didn't do anything that pissed people off. Um, which, you know, as maybe some attitudes towards the, the role of a baseball manager have sort of changed over time. But I, I as I remember being just like livid with the stuff that Cito Cito used to do all the yeah, time. Yeah. Being like, what the fuck, Cito? What <laughs> like, like little little things, things that are dumb, things that are not worth getting angry about, like the lineup. Or this and that, or the insistence on sticking with a player, or the cronyism, and I don't—you you never got any of that stuff from from John Gibbons. Um, he is, you know, notoriously um, beloved by the by the press corps, who see him as something as a, of, I think a lot of the guys, especially the older um, timers, sort of see him as a reflection of them. Like they, they have a lot to—they they see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. On things, perhaps, and uh, and he and, and but the most the most important thing I think, and that that was touched all, touched upon in many different John Gibbons' stories, but none more than the John Lott's story. Um, it's just that he he's a very decent person. Mm-hmm. He loves to he's he was very fun loving and loves to laugh and tell jokes. And Carl Kelly wrote a really nice profile as well, where where uh, he just uh, well Kelly just like gushed basically in his purple prose way about about what a stand-up guy that John Gibbons is and I think that 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 has gone a long way and the fact that so he has that goodwill he has the 2015 goodwill he has the goodwill of the not being the choice of Atkins and Shapiro and not being being opposite to them in almost every public facing way Mm -hmm. and he also never doesn't have any ill will for being a fuck-up right like he never you know there there aren't a lot of because he's a very hands-off manager and the team has been very the teams that he was given even the first time around the 2006 7 8 blue jays for the most part very hands-off good teams well-built veteran clubs just go out there and play uh and then the when the jays were good it was a lot of the same there were there weren't that many opportunities for him to make you want to pull your hair out so nobody ever did and now here we are at the end where i i i don't know about you but i don't have any problem with the jays going in a different direction as manager as the team takes in a heads in a much different direction um I, I don't begrudge the team for looking to get their own guy in there, but at the same time, it's it's sad to see John Gibbons go, and I don't think that you can't really attribute. I think maybe you can't really attribute any of the follies, you know, the bad the past two years. You can't throw that those at his feet, just as you probably can't give him too much quote unquote credit for the for the teams that went to the playoffs because they were just so good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's probably right, though. I mean, uh, the, the uh, you know the manager's job is so hard to assess because so much of it is. What's going on behind closed doors? And, and uh, I wrote about this in the mailbag that just went up today. That uh, you know, uh, Alex Anthopoulos when he brought him back was like, you know, he's uh, talking about communicating with the front office, communicating with the players, uh, holding players accountable. And those were like the sort of re- you know the core reasons when he was asked why he brought him back. That that and it's like those are those are all things that we don't see that the, the reporters mm-hmm. even who are in the room don't see. So you know, who, who the hell knows? But I, I mean, Givens has also I think benefited from. Uh, well, from the the friendly relationship with the with the media, I mean, I think you see you see the difference. I mean, it's obviously taken a while, but you see the difference between uh, what that does and what, say, you know, uh, Shapiro and Atkins, how their their relationship, uh, which is, gets filtered through the media, goes, and how it, uh, the fans feel about them. Uh, so, but but Gibbons is also kind of disband so much time that it's you know people i think realize now that the manager is just a different job than i think we thought for a long time or people were grown up to think and 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 not not even in just like the practical way but you know you you know i think there would at first it was like people would complain because 
they thought it was like they thought I, I remember using like the word spirit animal a lot like they thought mm-hmm. that, that just Gibbons being nearby in the dugout should magically make hitters better and if they weren't then it was somehow his fault and there was always like this weird conversation about uh, about you know why the, like that that would be like a criticism of him somehow like it just, like he doesn't make he doesn't make everything around him all, you know as perfect as I want it to be and I think people are you know, or maybe maybe just enough of the people who don't get that have dropped away uh, from, say, the little corners of the internet that I populate and that you populate. But but, mm. but I think it's more that maybe people understand, you know, better what a manager is, and that you know the Moneyball thing has has you know taken over and is 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 canon now. And it, you know, it's he's a he's a bit of a middle manager, and he's a guy who has a really important job in terms of you know being the public face and. And you know, running the room and doing all that, and, and and obviously those are important things, but isn't you know the the little general leader of men who is out there calling the shots himself, um, and so I think the expectations are sort of changed too. I mean, it's easy to just to like to we like everybody knows, yeah, you can't lay the last two years at, at Gibbons' feet, and uh, and as you say, you can't uh, lay the previous two years at uh, at his feet either. I, I think the he in some ways is testament and, and where we are today is testament to the cult of uh, the executive that is still mm-hmm. like baseball has is forever in the throes of that and the idea of, the, of a successful person coming in and spreading and breeding success with their with their acumen and intelligence you know which was sort of the the pitch that Mark Shapiro offers and his and the reason that his executive tree extends its roots into every almost every franchise in, in in um in the league and now in some ways john gibbons almost stands opposed to that where yeah as you mentioned it's like the, the sort of the tyrant who who is pulling the pulling the strings and get this guy out of here he's a bum he can't play for my team those sort of maybe a bit of a more old school approach but also um you know gibbons almost stands opposed to the idea of these executives he's, he's fuck those guys so, you know i'm just here to run my, run my team I'm like you know we know what we're doing and i and he's he's almost he in his form has almost uh, kind of crept closer to the players. And that seems like that is also the model as well. And not to say that that's not what's going to happen next, because that's why they keep going younger and younger. And, yeah. and, and, um, you know, the Gabe Kaplers, uh, you know, Gabe Kapler, there's some comments that he came out this week because Gabe Kapler's manager of the Phillies, young guy, you know, played the big leagues for a long enough time, wasn't especially good, but, but, uh, you know, he's, he's very unlike, he's very out, outside the norm of what managers are. And he's, defiantly refusing to change his style to become more of the manager that managerial type that we know but so maybe that's what's going to happen next but i think that john gibbons has that sort of that old school touch but but also and he he mentioned that in in lots piece about he's not some old rube right and and i think that that's something that has changed maybe the perception of of, um, of him among blue jays fans changed along with that they recognize it just because he speaks in a certain way, that he's not some rube. He's not a some hayseed right out of the right out of the windy plains of West Texas. He knows what he's doing, <laughs> and he did yeah. a lot of stuff that that endeared himself to people like you and I and those who are listening to this. He he was he hit Matt Stairs leadoff in fucking two thousand and seven, like <laughs> way ahead of the curve. Hitting Jose leadoff. Jose Bautista hits first, second. Donaldson hits second, and, and won the MVP. You know that's definitely come along. Um, for the ride, that idea, and as you said, it's sort of the Moneyball's canon now, and those sorts of things are much more um, standard issue, but John Gibbons was never afraid to do that stuff. John Gibbons worked, you know, the the bullpen work is is sort of been um, recognized. He obviously, he's no different than anybody else. If he finds someone he knows he thinks can get outs, or a guy he likes and trusts, he goes to that guy and uses him, and I mean, you could (laughs) see maybe Ryan Tapera sort of wearing out, or so who are you going to say? David Price, for example. Well, yeah, I think that was coming from on high. Like, okay, the Red Sox are going to sign this fucking guy, so we're going to drag every last inning and every last out we can, and then put him in the bullpen. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's, it's, it, there's obviously John John Gibbons is is I think in the in the end, John Gibbons is is, is adored or liked because uh, for a variety of reasons. But at the end of the day, that's that's what he is, and that he has a he'll always for a long time have a, have a legendary status around here. The kind of status that you wouldn't give to other managers, the guys that came in between, um, you know, well, there are, well, I mean, I think <laughs> there's really only one except the guy who does have legendary status around here, but yeah. Well, then the guy that has legendary status, God, he went out of his way to, <laughs> to remove it. 
to <laughs> to cast it aside a little bit. Uh, yeah, oh. a little bit. <laughs> but I, you know, I I are you going to shit on Cedo because I I will certainly pause for that. No, no, no. I I was I'm going to let I I've done that. I those that those days are over. I I've graduated from that. <laughs> yeah. I, um, but I was going to say I, I I wouldn't even I wouldn't discount just the uh, just a thing like Gibby gifts or gifs, however one is supposed to pronounce mm-hmm. it. I, for, I always get I always get it mixed up. Uh for like doing work to doing like a lot of heavy lifting to, you know, change the personality or the the way that his personality is viewed and uh, and maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that's just me speaking in, in about like a little echo chamber that I'm in because I don't know. Maybe that everybody gets, but but I don't know. It just seems like a thing like that really captured what a lot of fans thought about you know just having this guy in the dugout all the time, where you know he's he's always cracking a smile or making a weird gesture or doing or doing something funny or you know he you know just a real a real character. And I think that the that to have uh, a thing like that. Uh, to become, you know, memeable, uh, mm-hmm. and in a positive way, probably uh, did not hurt uh, his, you know, his legacy as well. The in, I was going to say, to tangent off that, or to, to pivot from there, uh, speaking about like his age and the old schoolness, that, that it to me, and it's something I wrote in the mailbag this week. Uh, that's why some of the Eric Wedge talk is a bit silly. I think Wedge is about six years younger than Gibby; he's fifty. And, uh, you know, people really see him as the, you know, always have seen him as the manager in waiting. And, and it's very, very lazy and easy for people to be like, oh, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland. No, oh, that's what that's what mm-hmm. these, that's what this front office does, which, of course, if you look, isn't really mm-hmm. what they do. Um, and he's a guy who's, I, I think, an even bigger fucking red ass than, than Gibbons is. And, uh, and, and you know, I, th- I think you're absolutely right that the. That, Teams are clearly moving away from that, and the Blue Jays probably will as well. I, uh, John Schneider, who I don't know, will you know how much to think that he will get the job, uh, but obviously very valued. A, a guy who has moved up in the organization, you know, was at Vancouver I think four years ago, and and uh, literally has has like risen through the ranks and w- has been in the ben- on the bench uh, at the end of this season. They had Bobby Meacham up, uh, the Buffalo manager as well, and, and and those guys have been spending some time in the big leagues. Uh, but Schneider's only thirty-eight, uh, mm. which is which is terrifying to a me. child. He is a literal <laughs> child. Well, yeah, but in managerial terms, um, and like you say, I mean that's that that's the way this is going. You're you're dealing with players who are uh, who are younger and younger. I mean the the average age of the league. I haven't looked I haven't looked up this, but I would assume it it keeps going down every year. Uh, as you know, as, you know, for economic reasons within the game, obviously, and just for. Mm. Uh, you know, reasons to do with performance, which we talk about a bunch. How it's just a young man's game, and you know, get the the high velocity and all that stuff. So, you know, do you want a fifty year old being your manager in a in a room full of kids, really? Well, uh, and and then I think that's where I think that's where they seem to be going. But also at the same time, and I think people were very right to put the to point this out as you know, watching Gibbons handle the kids this month, and and you know, like letting Panone run out in that in that big spot, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where you can't sort of re- recreate those settings in a you know a simulated game or in spring training, and and you know just you know watching the way that uh, the big comeback last Thursday happened, which I have a piece half written about that I haven't managed to fucking push over the finish line, and I'm now like, well, that seems pointless to to revisit. Uh, speaking of a, a tangent, but yeah, you know, I, I the, the, that you know the atmosphere there seemed great. The the, the young players seemed to be uh, really, you know, appreciating uh, and and thriving in the environment that's created on this clubhouse that you know he's the focal point of. And it, I guess the, you know it just seems like I don't know he could probably do it. He could probably he could you know, he, he definitely changed yeah. his tune a little bit in his exit interview press conference as well. Because you could maybe see the future employability running through his head when he was like, oh, no, I can do it. I'm the guy. But when before he was like, I don't know if I have the energy yeah, to go yeah, through a rebuild, yeah, he's yeah. like, no, 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 it's good. It's good. Don't worry. Y'all hire me. I, I, <laughs> I like making money. Please, please let me continue. But uh, uh, other thing, uh, something else that uh, you mentioned, the kind of the 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 age the time of meme you know a memeable manager the one thing i wanted to mention was something that i saw was traveling like crazy today which was like the 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 super cut of every time he got 
uh, thrown out of the game. Yeah. yeah. Which he got <laughs> thrown out of a shitload of games, throwing yeah. tantrums. Um, and people love it because, I don't know, it's just it's so much of it that everyone laughs so, the most at those the clips where he would get thrown out and then just keep wandering out to the mountain to make a pitching <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I, I can't say that I, I, I know John Gibbons. I've been in his clubhouse a bunch of times or in his, uh, in his, in his office for a bunch of those meetings, but I haven't really chatted with him much, but, uh, you know, the reputation seems well-earned. That's all, uh, that's all I can say. So for, for myself anyway, but let's, let's talk about the replacement. So Steve Phillips of all human beings. So Steve Phillips was on, on TSN radio as he does. And he went on and on about how uh, great a guy John Gibbons was. I was a little surprised, and then I made that kind of Mets connection. But he went on and on about how much he loves John Gibbons and how he's such a great guy. And and uh, you know, work. You know, he had that same attitude, like make sure you smile and enjoy it, which is something we've heard a bunch of different times. He said it to Lourdes Gurriel. Apparently, he said it to Ross Atkins, and I guess he said it to to Steve Phillips. You know, fifteen to twenty years ago as well, which is uh, which speaks well. But he had a few names that I want to run by you. Sure. All right. So, well, before we get to Steve Phillips, let me say, I've been want, waiting, I've been excited to do this, because you mentioned Eric Wedge, and according to uh, Jimmy Shapiro, so I was yeah, I'm all excited yeah, to, to do the Jimmy Shapiro voice, hey, Jimmy Shapiro, yeah, I got your odds for Blue Jays manager, <laughs> Eric Wedge paying out dead money, one-to-one, uh, yeah, they got Eric Wedge at one-to-one, <laughs> Jimmy Shapiro, forget about it, Eric Wedge, <laughs> which yeah, is crazy. That is a sucker's bet, yeah, that's ridiculous. But that's yeah, I, yeah, that's a that's a place a place to extract money from betters, not the legitimate straight odds related to uh, who's going to get hired because they don't. Jimmy, Jimmy Fokker Shapiro doesn't know. Uh, also, shout out to Air, uh, Vernon Wells. <laughs> Somebody tweeted at Vernon Wells like, "You should be the manager of the Blue Jays." He's like, "I didn't play for Cleveland." <laughs> <laughs> and then he got like after he's like, "God, oh, I'm, I'm not saying." He's like, "I'm not. I'm not mad." He said, "Like that's what you do in business. You work with people you know and can trust, and you and people you 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 are close with. It just makes sense." Sure, Vernon. Well, whatever you say. <laughs> well, th- this is a point. This is a point I tried to get across in the mailbag, which was you know when Ant- when Antopoulos really, he put himself out there when he brought Gibbons back because that you know his reputation mm-hmm. was not then what it is now, and mm-hmm. people were really perplexed, and it cost him goodwill because you know he just made those splashy trades and. And you know things were things were going to go well, and and you know people forget this now, but Antopoulos wasn't really liked for a long time around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he was liked for that brief moment when the trades happened, and then when that team immediately fell apart, uh, it, it kind of went back to to you know fucking bean counter boy thing. Um, but but you know that that is that was part of his argument as well. You know with the familiar the familiarity. Uh, so I I would find it. You know, I, I I don't think they're going to go with Wedge. I would not be surprised if they went with somebody with a Cleveland mm-hmm. connection. Uh, and I think they're going to make the same case that Anthopoulos made if they do a thing like that uh, when Anthopoulos brought back Gibbons. And it's going to be just completely shit on by a lot of people, even though we just witnessed, you know, a wonderful send-off for Gibbons. Everybody loves Gibbons, and it's been, it's been a great thing. And the reason that he was there was that same thing, the familiarity and the fact that Anthopoulos was like, yeah, I could have really chosen anybody, but this was the guy that I, I knew and I knew would, could could work with, and, and that was the most important thing to me. Uh, it's just, I'm, just, I'm waiting for the new guys to try to make that same case and have it just completely fall on deaf ears. I don't think it's a stretch to say that the, the moment when Alex Anthopoulos reintroduced John, John Gibbons as the manager of the Blue Jays, should be one of those like CBC heritage moments. Like that's like a bit of a joke and a meme, but like well, like just the vision. Uh, I, I remember you probably I, you and I uh, were probably doing something almost exactly like this, being like, "There's no fucking way they're going to hire John Gibbons." Oh yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have even thought it. It was like just no way. We were probably re- I think Sandy Alomar wasn't that the name that everyone was like, expecting at the time. He was uh, he was definitely out there. I think yeah no I remember I remember Bob Elliott I think broke it like just the night you know because he bit. was in town eating dinner or something right <laughs> something something crazy like that yeah and uh, no I remember I, I I don't know did you go to the press conference I know that I I, I rarely you know used my used my uh, 
uh, my media uh, mm-hmm. uh, credentials to do you know anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely went to that press conference because I, I because I recall being sidled in with uh, Paul Beeston behind me, and he's just back slapping people when Anthopoulos was answering questions in French. I was like, look at this fucking kid. Can you fucking believe it? Just fucking just talking in French. <laughs> Which was, you know, an, an indelible moment for me. Uh, but yeah, no, that was, that was, uh, that was a real, that was a hell of a, hell of a thing. Hell of a thing. I don't, I don't think to, I went uh, to the Gibbons, to, to the Gibbons one. I definitely went to the the Dickie one. I, because I remember my notes were the word Dickie with a heart drawn around it in my little notebook. That was those are the extent of the notes that I took <laughs> at the at the Dickie press conference. Um, also, speaking of memeability and the thing about you mentioned Eric Wedge, who is again the odds-on favorite according to Jimmy Fucking Shapiro. Uh, <laughs> uh, he is memeable, but more in like a Ron Swanson kind of way, right? Ron yeah, Swanson, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Ron. Like so, there's gonna be a lot of that. Be like, uh, like kind of. That flat affectation and like talking about bacon and mustaches and shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, Which I, I can't get into. Fuck I don't. All that. Th- I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening. But as I as I noted again in the mailbag, hmm. uh, he did interview for the Yankees opening last year, so it's not like he. And doesn't... he didn't get it because he's old as fuck. Uh, and and Jesus, do you remember some of that? Do you remember fucking Seattle? What a disaster it was when he was there. Not not necessarily his fault, but. Uh, but you know, just reading at the time, you know, and fucking Dave Cameron writing at USS Mariner, and, and uh, you know, there were some pretty good uh, writers uh, with a good, you know, a statistical bent and a new school approach to things that were looking at the Mariners in the wedge years when he was there, and uh, not not being very fond of him. Jack uh, Z running the shit show. <laughs> so wedge yeah. is the is the name at the top of some most of the list. Uh, Steve Phillips. Great John Gibbons admirer, as I had already mentioned. He'd spit out three names on the radio. Uh, number one was Mark DeRosa, who sort of fits that Aaron Boone role. DeRosa um, is around the game still. Young guy, young vibe. Smart dude, I think. Didn't he go to, like, Brown or Columbia, somewhere like that? Like, he's pretty, I don't know. Smart, but re- relatively both. smart yeah. guy. He's no Brad Lidge, by the way. So, total tangent here. Uh, the dude Ted Berg uh, who writes for USA Today for, for the win shared a thing about how Brad Lidge is an, ar- is an archaeologist now and I kind of laughed when I saw the tweet and I'm like, in my, like honest to God the first thing I thought was this is like some Jesus thing like he's, <laughs> he's digging around looking to find some like footprints in the sand sort of shit no, Brad Lidge got his, got his degree after he retired and then got his masters from the University of Leicester in England he did most of it online but then he did, went and did a bunch of, like, his post-grad work do, going on digs in Italy, digging up Roman artifacts. Brad Lidge! Blew my mind. Completely blew my that's mind. Kind of incredible, yeah. I mean, well, that's, you, if that's the dream, if that's, your, if that's what you want to do. Uh, when you, you're a millionaire, you, get, you, you are that. a millionaire. What do you want to do? I'm going to be a fucking archaeologist. And then you go and do it. God, great. Anyway. Mark DeRosa, also <laughs> smart guy. I was thinking about smart ball players, and those are literally the only two I could come up with. Um, <laughs> that could be fine. I don't know if, if Mark DeRosa speaks Spanish. I don't know if... We, we've all seemed to convince ourselves that that's like a table stakes at this point. The ability to speak Spanish. DeRosa may, may not. I don't know. Um, he is young. He did play recently. I don't... Yeah, people, someone here. referred to him he's... being beloved as a Blue Jay. I'm like, ah. what? No. He was brought in to be Brett Laurie's babysitter, and he sucked at it, and then that was it. Yeah, basically. Uh, but he is a guy who definitely, you know, uh, has the reputation like, oh, that guy's going to be a great manager someday. You know, uh, one of those guys who is just probably just means he's a solid dude and, you know, mm. people people like him. And he's a smart guy. And, uh, you know, those those are probably the kind of qualities that you want. I mean, they're the ones we're praising about uh, about Gibby here. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, but definitely not, not a beloved Blue Jay. No, and, just a guy. Uh, Play for the Blue Jays. Most people won't even remember that because those were no. fucking bad old days. But <laughs> also, uh, I mean, I mean, how young? How young even is he? He's probably. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I, 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 I would bet he is like forty-one. Is my guess. Okay, well, that's young enough. Forty-three. All right, forty-three. Well, so. Getting up, getting up there, Derosa. I mean, that's. Uh, does he, he know? Played, what does he, he know about Fortnite? Fortnite? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only cultural currency that a baseball manager <laughs> needs to have. 
Um, so, so DeRosa is one of them. Stubby Clap is the obvious, the other one that's, uh, yeah. Also, the one thing about DeRosa, and as I've got Jimmy Shapiro on the mind, he's got a great accent too. He's got like that low key Jersey accent that I, that oh, I, yeah, could, uh, yeah. I can get behind. Uh, Stubby Clap yeah, is a long shot on the Jimmy Shapiro for what a Bodog or Bovada, whatever joint he works out of. But uh, that's when, the one that he's won a when, bunch of PCL titles and is Canadian and managing at AAA. So it seems like a logical enough fit, right? Yeah, and, and I mean there was just an opening in St. Louis and and didn't you know didn't get that. So uh, mm. so that it's going it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like that's where you know where he's going to end up. Or if so, he'll have to you know continue waiting and. Uh, I don't know. People seem to like him as a manager. I mean, obviously, the Canadian thing is a thing that that everybody is going to glom onto, and he, you know, he's a he's a, a, a legend in terms of Canadian baseball, and 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 with the national team, had some games in the big leagues, so he, he kind of checks that box. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I you know, I can't I can't speak to anything else but his like sort of basic biography though i have no idea yeah no no no, why would you you wouldn't be able to he is a manager of triple a which is an entirely different kettle of fish uh there's just so many different factors at play but if that means a he's not familiar with the young blue jays players if that matters b they probably will have no idea who he is uh again if that matters but but those i i don't know if these are uh, arguments for or against they're just things that i'm saying yeah they come to my head now you know somebody who maybe uh I mean, it would it would perhaps speak to a desperation if uh, if they really you know maybe uh, if they went that direction just because it's like okay they're taking an easy PR win but I don't know that they would necessarily do make such a big decision for for that reason but maybe it would have something to do with it but also you know being a a face of the franchise being in the media especially you know with a young team coming up you know this the next manager is going to be sort of a prominent guy uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I know, you know, Vlad Vlad Junior is not going to be given a ton of uh, a ton of you know English interviews, most likely. Um, I'm not sure how how good his English is, to be honest, but uh, but I, I don't think that he's going to be you know front and center uh, as the face of the franchise, even if he sort of is on the field already, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, 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 I was just going to say, you know, speaking of clap. So, uh, and and even speaking of guys, you know, coming from Cleveland, it's like maybe maybe someone with some experience dealing with media in like a town with more than one newspaper would be a good idea. Like like the you know someone who has has had to deal with say the Toronto Sun type of uh, of approach to you know just your uh, your scorched earth hate click uh, business model where you're just trying mm. to we're just constantly stoking drama and, tro- and trolling basically. Um, Perhaps that perhaps somebody who has uh, as shown at least as a player to be able to negotiate that media environment would probably be a plus. But I uh, and I don't know that that Stubby Clap has done that. But uh, but I don't think Gibbons had done that either. And he obviously uh, endeared himself quite quickly and, and rather well to people. Yeah, I wonder about that. I think that that's uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that the team's number one concern is: Will you take your marching orders? Yeah. Well. Will you add value to the marching orders you're given, or are you able to uh, uh, disseminate those marching orders to those guys in the clubhouse? Yeah, they and need then, someone can you who relate will buy to them. In. Yeah, they, they, who will get the players to buy in? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the, so the third name, the third name, so third name, so that name, so that's so that's that's clap. Uh, yeah, whether or not you know he's he could or could not be a fit. Um, you mentioned the job opening in in St. Louis, that he did mm. not receive. And that was because oh, Mike God. Matheny was fired. <laughs> right. Matheny is the name that Phillips put forward. To which I prayed to die <laughs> when I heard it. I was hoping that someone would shoot me in the back of the head when as soon as I heard his name. Because I would have seen it coming because my eyes rolled so far back into my head that I would have been able to see that bullet as it entered the back of my head. Uh, no fucking way. That would be bad. Yeah, just just. <laughs> he's <laughs> terrible. He's objectively I bad at his job. Correct. He is terrible with young players, as every Cardinals cast off in a lot of ways has shown. Um, he is a. I don't know that his 
personal ideology would work as well in Toronto as it worked oh, in St. Yeah. Louis, if you can read between the lines <laughs> of what I'm well, trying to yeah, say. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to keep the Z word at, at bay, um, but it's out there. Um, uh, and he, but he just sucks, mostly. Now, I guess he played for the Blue Jays at some point. Did he not even get out there? Mighty 98 Blue Jays. I just, I just looked it up because oh, I'm like, he of did play with Jays at some point. I know he the uh, 57 games in 1998. Don't know if he ever caught Roger. or No, excuse me, 99. So I was going to say Clemens, but no. But uh, uh, over those 57 games, 179 plate appearances, managed an OPS of 578. <laughs> A legendary Blue Jay. Put him on the yeah. level of excellence yeah. tomorrow. But yeah, no, I got I got no time that would be for awful, that. Yeah. I am not in a place where I'm going to be able to watch and then talk on a week, semi-weekly basis about a team managed by Mike fucking Matheny. Not going to get there. No, I don't get a no. vote. And maybe maybe he's going to do the things and say the things that those guys from Ohio or who work based out of Ohio or whatever want to hear. I'm not here ready for that. I am not at all on board with any <laughs> any uh, I, I think that I think, I'm with you on that. I think that would be a terrible fucking choice. Uh, I, I don't think they'll go that way. But this is, but it also sort of brings up uh, an interesting an interesting point. You know, they uh, you know they want their guy. They you know they don't think Gibbons is it. Uh, but they they very much are. You know, as much as he's not he's not the guy that they brought in, and he doesn't deflect a ton of criticism from them. It, it, he's at least not someone who is hated. Who is there every night that fans can point at and be like, I fucking hate you and I hate the people who fucking thought you were good for this job. <laughs> and, and, you know, there is certainly a risk to whoever they bring in that that's what's going to happen. And, and you know, right, the well is so poisoned against the front office right now as it is that, uh, you know, there, there's a real needle that has to be threaded here, I think, uh, on that side of it. I mean, maybe the team, you know, the, the Atkins and Shapiro seem to have not, you know, managed to uh to appease fans a lot uh except for the weird you know we're not rebuilding we're gonna go for it thing that nobody really believed anyway but uh well in their defense that is how they operated this off season though they they were like we have we're doing rather than doing one or the other we're gonna yeah, do a little bit yeah so <laughs> but, not a but lot so i i just you know uh I, that's got i that would that will have to be a consideration i think but they may they may just be like, well, the only thing we can do is win at this point. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll just suck it up. I think and deal that with they, it. I, 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 don't I, I believe that they are more than savvy enough to recognize that that they're it's, they don't have that built in. Uh, they don't have they're, they're never going to have the sort of the charm of a John Gibbons because they're not on camera every day and they're not rubbing elbows with the with the manager or with the players and then they're not grinning and 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 giggling on camera in a, in a memeable jiffy way. So I don't think that they're ever they're, they're not they know they're not going to win that battle. Um, they just got to get the best guy, whoever that might be. Uh, ben Nicholson Smith of Sportsnet has a really interesting story up today about how they might go about finding that person. Um, and he uh, spoke to Jeff Luno, the uh, the Astros general manager, about different ways that um, uh, you know the way that they went about their managerial search when they set, uh, settled on uh, whatever that guy's name is, uh, Green Hinch, AJ Hinch. Uh, when they brought him in, uh, now of course he won the World Series with a very good team. But uh, no, it's a good story, and 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 I wonder, um, you know, what it's going to mean for the future. Uh, the one thing I will think about, and that Matheny definitely doesn't fit the bill. Joe Girardi doesn't fit the bill, which is another name that's been bandied about a little bit, um, and maybe to a lesser extent, Wedge is just as you mentioned, the players are getting younger around the league, and that's because the players are cheaper. The same holds true of managers. Yeah. If a guy doesn't have a long a long track record and a, and is coming off a job where he's making three million bucks a year, you can save that money by paying your kid manager in peanuts. You can do what the Astros did, where you bring in a, some kid. You bring uh, God, what was his name? I, I can't even. His name escapes me. Bo yep. Bo Porter, and you bring him in, and then you lose one hundred and fifty games a year, and then you fire because you you pay him five hundred thousand dollars, and then you can go on to your real manager at the end, which kind of shameful. I think I don't think that Bo Porter was treated very well, but. But well, nonetheless, the Astros are. are trash. Uh, is the thing. They are a bit of a scumbag organization. Likeable players, notwithstanding. Um, another thing that Ben Nicholson Smith wrote, which is we're going to move on a little bit, uh, which he wrote about the Blue Jays' defense. Blue Jays' defense is fucking yeah. awful. Sure. No sure big is. secret there. 
they're really bad, and it cost them a game on, I guess, Tuesday night, and uh, it's cost them games, you know, over and over all season long. They're a bad team, a bad team, and, and you made it, you astutely made the point, because I was like, ah, the offense isn't bad, because they have a league average, or just slightly above winning runs created plus, but not, you know, having a league average offense is not a means to an end. It's a mean, you know, home runs are a good way to score runs, but you got to be able to run the bases, and they absolutely can't do that. And you got to be able to catch the ball, and they certainly can't do that. And so Benny Smith, Benny Fresh, uh, Smith, like I'm going to use his real name, <laughs> uh, Nicholson Smith, um, he wondered, like, how can the Blue Jays improve as a defensive team in 2019? Now, some may believe that is a something that the manager would be in charge of. The manager um, could... Uh, could take that as a, as a big mission, like we're going to improve the team's defense, um, which I don't know that I would ever believe that. There are individual, you know, good instructors can help individual players improve. Um, but John Gibbons is a, the manager of this very bad defensive team, just like he was the manager of the 2016 and 2015 Blue Jays, which that caught fucking everything, right? They were an unbelievable defensive team. Um, well, I mean, even thinking back to Revere out there in left field and Kevin Pilar before the turf started to take its toll on his body, which is what I think yeah. is happening. Yeah. But um, so I don't know. What do you think? Like, yeah, do, do you, is there is there a way <laughs> and is that something the manager can control other than simply saying they just need to get better defenders? I mean, you can to an extent. I think obviously uh, Pilar is a great example. Travis Snyder is, a, is a, an example of a guy who, you know, through instruction, became a much better defensive player, and, and there's still mm-hmm. uh, so I think there's still hope for for guys to improve. But yeah, uh, I probably probably gonna have to do with, no, with new players in a bunch of spots here, um, and that's partly why they're probably gonna be bad next year. I mean, they, they probably think I don't, mm-hmm. don't pitch very well either, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I don't know. Like, how much longer do you go with J. Oscar Hernandez in left field? Like, I mean. I, I I don't doubt that and they seem to very much think that improvements can come and that he's willing to work and that and that mm-hmm. things are are moving in the right direction but uh yeah mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> I I don't I don't know if it's in them but and and I I definitely don't think that that I think you're correct like I don't think the manager is really is really you know the linchpin of that they have you know coordinators mm-hmm. up and down the organization that you know it, it's it's certainly going to be something that's worked on in spring training it's certainly going to be something you know i'm sure they're going to give some players things to focus on in the off season to to perhaps help uh you know defensively because they absolutely they absolutely need to it's atrocious but you know i yeah i don't know i don't know um here's I what i think players if i may are, are, yeah well i think new players but also i think a bit of a different style of player the big mantra this offseason was was raise the floor. And they did that. And they got a lot of players who have a lot of flexibility. Players who can play a bunch of different positions. Um, players who claim to be able to play a bunch of different <laughs> positions. Like, you know, Yonervis uh, Solarte, who has not looked like a strong defensive player anywhere this season. Um, but, I mean, I think you even can look at Aledmis Diaz, who is no great shakes at shortstop, but has looked pretty good at third base, got a strong yeah. arm. Um, but I think... You've got a lot of guys right now, or we've seen a lot of guys this year, who have who come from more of a utility um, uh, positioning, like that. So maybe not the right word. They're more utility guys than they're not, and the reason that they are more utility guys than they're not is because you you either because you're not good enough to stick at one position, third base or shortstop being right. the one. Yeah. Right, like though they've talked a lot about trying your Lourdes Gurriel short and, and and really giving him a good go over there, and maybe he has it in him to do. But in my mind, that's as soon as you start asking that question, you already know yeah, the answer. I think that's the right way to look at it. In a lot of ways, where where you could see in, in around the league a little bit that that maybe the the emphasis on defense is sort of diminishing, other than a few key positions up the middle, where you can get away with having clowns everywhere other than like shortstop and center field and behind the plate but i just you know if guriel can stick at shortstop that'd be encouraging but again it's you're you're just asking a lot of guys to do things that they're not necessarily capable of doing and then so when you have a bad defense but you're also not good at running the bases and the team's just not that great an offensive team where again if I, i'll use the brewers as an example because i'm brewers right, all day right they have gone like strong in that direction they were like they obviously their outfield defense is tremendous, um, Ryan Braun notwithstanding. 
But uh, but they've just basically they have uh, Oswaldo Arcia, who's an amazing shortstop defensively, and then it's just anybody can play anywhere, <laughs> right? Uh, but they can all hit except for Scope, who is so bad can't even be discussed. <laughs> but so so I, I just wonder like the Blue Jays defense will improve when they have a shortstop and a second baseman and presumably a third baseman depending on how that yeah. shakes out. But as opposed to being like, we've got this handful of guys who can all kind of do that. And then, you know, what's his name? John Birdie? Is yeah. that how he's pronounced yeah. his name? Yeah, so he's up and he's another one of those guys. Field, outfield, uh, can kind of do a little bit of both. So I, I think that's just it. It's not even a matter of better players. It's, it's a, you know, you, it's great to have a couple of those those depth guys, but as soon as they are playing every day, they start to get exposed. And the longer you leave a guy who's not a shortstop at shortstop, the more... Um, apparent it becomes that that is, in fact, who, what he cannot do. Well, I mean, Tulo's going to be there for the next couple of years at least anyway, so that's so problem solved. I have gone so far off the deep end, frankly, <laughs> in that like I am just digging my heels in on Tulowitzki now, and that I, not, I don't even know if I believe it, but I'm going to fucking say it, is that just that he's going to be coming back, he's going to play... He's going to hit. He's going to be great. He's going to be like the two-win guy that he was before, which is still way ahead of the guys, ahead of him on the depth chart, which he kind of, you know, intimated in his last press yeah. availability, whatever, in Oakland. <laughs> he was just like, I know, I can still play for this yeah. team. I don't know about the other ones, but this one I got. <laughs> so Tulo. Yeah. Tulo is the key. He's the key to the whole the whole operation. Yeah. yeah. I, you you um, said that in jest, but I, I think the key to might really be Guriel uh, because I think the, uh, the objective is uh, – Make him a make him a utility player, and he's that's kind of what the reputation he came with. And it's like, but mm-hmm. yeah, please, you know, they'll they'll be they'll be okay. They'll be doing okay if they have a better second baseman who can hit, and a better shortstop who can hit, and a better left fielder who can hit than Guriel, and he becomes an actual bench piece as opposed to like you're looking around at this collection and you're like, oh yeah, he can mm-hmm. he can play compared to some of these fucking chumps. Uh, if when he jumps to the top of your depth chart, it's a problem with the depth yeah, chart. Yeah, not a problem. Not 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 necessarily. Which Guriel deserves oh, credit. He, he has he played had, well yeah. in the time that he's been at the plate, yeah. especially. Uh, so credit yeah. to him, but also like, oh, tallest, uh, the, uh, the tallest. A little bit. Player. No, I mean, I, it, it sounds like we're shitting on him, which which we're not. I mean, I, I think that you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that he's a really useful piece going forward, and, and I think that he'll. Mm-hmm. Probably come close to playing every day next year. I, I uh, maybe I'm wrong on that because they got a lot of guys for a lot of positions to sort of sort through and figure out who really belongs where and, and who belongs in the organization or who could get flipped for some goddamn pitching, which they obviously need and and, and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I think that you know if like I say if he if he's if he's on your bench, then you're doing pretty okay. If you if if Bichette is playing and Biggio is playing and you ha- you. You know, you found something in Drury or McKinney or Smith or, or Davis or somebody in left field. Obviously not Hernandez because he's got to be a DH eventually uh, if, he st- if he stays, I think. Um, and then, you know, if he's being pushed to the margins of the, of the <laughs> lineup, then that's a, that's a good place to be. But right now it's like, man, it'd be great if Guriel could play left and short and second. It's <laughs> just not ideal. So I want to think about Teoscar Hernandez for a quick second. I have in my mind a player that I would love to see Teoscar Hernandez. Obviously, this is pie in the sky. But there's a guy, and I'm like, I think that that there's a there's a chance that Teoscar Hernandez could be a lot like this guy. And do you know who I'm talking do, about? I, do, you, could you, do you want to take I would a guess? Not want to, hazard I would a guess. not want to hazard a guess. No, it would be wrong. He's still a very productive, very, very productive hitter in the big leagues. Teoscar Hernandez would need to improve offensively to become... This guy now, but at the time, this player was, he was like, he has a very Encarnacion and Bautista vibe. He was in the woods. I think the the team that had him released him, picked him back up. He eventually has, you know, earned a, earned a, uh, a four-year contract that he's currently vastly outperforming as a designated hitter. Well, I, well I know who you're talking about now. Who am I talking JD about? Martinez? No. no. Okay. Close okay. though. Close. Then who are you talking? JD Martinez. Is, I'm like, I'm JD like, Martinez I'm like, that's is a, that's good, a little too, pie in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> that is very pie in the sky. The other guy. So I'm talking about Nelson Cruz. Oh sure. Okay. So Nelson Cruz was 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 never a great. You know, his career trajectory has been very late, uh, but very he's an, an insane, amazing hitter, big, thick dude now, full time DH. And so I've been ha- I have have this I've had this image in my mind a little bit over the past you know this season at times. 
And I'm like, it would be great if Teoscar Hernandez could follow along, follow that trajectory. And it would be great if it could happen as with he, as he's a member of the Blue Jays. And then I'm, and then I was about to make a, so because with that in mind, I'm like thinking like, well, what's the harm? Like, yeah, sure. He's not a great defensive outfielder, but he can hit. What's the harm that could come in having a bad outfielder play the outfield? And then I remembered the 2011 world series that Nelson Cruz like legitimately <laughs> cost the Texas Rangers. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think for me, if, if there's a spot and if he, if, 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 depending on how he hits, I am, especially as a left fielder, I'm really to let him continue running around out there until it becomes like painful for everybody to watch. Because maybe a lot of people are already there. I, think they I don't are, know that yeah. I am in terms of his defense. Because his defense is bad. He's bad. But, but it's left field. I think that he could probably cobble it together. He's athletic and he's obviously coordinated. He can hit and he's a professional athlete for Christ's sake. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I would never want to punt him to DH too early um, because that would seem like a shame. Maybe you play him at first base. Maybe give him the Lind. Give him the Lind career trajectory. Yeah, that, you know, that could work. Yeah, absolutely. That it, It's funny. That he was awful. He was very, yeah, outfielder. he was, <laughs> you know, I'd have to go back and look at the tape. But, yeah, it feels to me like he was worse than where Tay Oscar is right now. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and he was never as 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 quick. I mean, Tiasco is a, a strong enough runner. I, I mean, that's early, like earlier in the season well. before a lot of the call-ups. I mean, Teoscar was. If you looked at Statcast, he was the fastest runner on the team, which is which maybe tells you why their base running is uh, so poor. <laughs> but it also reminds me of uh, I remember when they moved Adamlin to first base. I don't think he'd ever played the uh, the infield. And it was opening day, and it was. Oh, yeah, because he, he hated the, it, didn't they? The, the, him, he him hated it. Neither one wanted to take the fucking field. <laughs> there was like a super tight shot of his face on opening day, <laughs> and he's standing there at first base, and the first, and like the crowd is going crazy in the background, and you could see him, and he just like takes this big, slow, deep breath, like, oh, like he just does not want to be <laughs> first base. He's like, don't hit it to me for the love of God. But anyway. It'll be interesting to see how they can improve the defensive. If the team can improve defensively without a significant overhaul, but I really think that the good players are going to be the one going to be the difference maker. Yeah. And and it's so encouraging to hear all the rave reviews that have, that came mostly in the beginning, beginning of the year. They haven't you haven't I haven't read as much of the scouting the Bobichet scouting talk, but so much of it was about how he really looks like he can play shortstop. And that's really encouraging. And and not even, sorry, not that he can play shortstop, that he is a shortstop. Right. That, like, he looks like a shortstop. He's making great, good plays. You know, the whole thing, I guess, with him, and as Keith Law described it, he plays like his hair's on fire, which is cool. But uh, but if the game is able to slow down for him when he's playing short and he can really make plays there and, and show some range, because I think that's the thing with Diaz, right? Let me, let me, Diaz is competent and sure-handed and has a strong arm, but he doesn't really have the range, doesn't make a lot of the great plays. And, and Obviously, that's not even a matter of, of speed, as we saw with Troy Tulowitzki, that he can, even though he's such a big dude and a little creaky, he still makes a fuckload of plays. A, out li- there. a little he's... creaky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. Um, I had put down that we were going to do a, we were going to eulogize Marco Estrada, um, because that's kind of ha- what's been happening, and and uh, I mean it's just. You, you you walk that razor thin line, and eventually, you can't anymore. Unfortunately, and it's out of how it looks with us with Estrada. He's out there battling. I mean, he's battling his back. He's battling everything else. But uh, great player, great. Uh, speaking of Adam Lynn, what an all time trade! What a shocking trade that could not have possibly worked out better. It's true. Yeah. No. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we we've gone on so long. I assume we can't do a proper tribute to Estrada. Mm-hmm. But yeah, an incredible Blue Jay and an incredible. Run that he had, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it sure looks like uh, the future. I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to be for Marco Estrada. It's too bad that it's probably not going to be here. But I, maybe he's a, maybe he's a guy they bring back. I mean, God, I don't. I don't think that I want to watch another like step towards the fucking grave for for the poor guy. <laughs> like that close. He's already got one like, foot in in, bit, in baseball you know. terms. Well, I mean, I think I think the question becomes like. What kind of utility is Marco Estrada going to offer to any big league team next year? Um, there are always, always going to be questions about his health just because of his age and his history. And then if he can't even offer the ability to soak up innings 
because he just tends to get hit so hard because it's the whole thing with the changeup and this and there's this velocity just sort of bleeding away. It's really tough to see him having a lot of utility out of the bullpen and and being able to even get like a well, full-time shot. Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe he's a maybe, minor league contract, right? Uh, and he comes back and he's like, I'm healthy. I can throw hard now. And NPB, maybe? Get him over Get him over to Japan? The most Japanese of all Japanese pitchers, <laughs> Marco Estrada. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe, I, de- I, definitely I, not I Korea. Love, I love the extent. I think everyone should. Fuck. I can't imagine being one of these guys at the end of their career and not being like, fuck, why don't I just go rip it up in Japan for for a year? See how that goes. It's funny because more and more, I think that people used to, especially, uh, treat that as like a kind of semi-retirement or just like, oh, I'll go over there. But there's a lot of guys, especially in Korea as well, the, the quality of play and the style of play in Korea where everyone just hits home runs all the time yeah. has changed such that because guys go over there and they get their brains beat in and then they got to come back. Like they're just, they're, you see guys get cut. These are like perfectly fine guys who pitched in the big leagues at times. And they just go over there, and maybe they think that they're going to run roughshod, but roughshod, but they don't. They get their they get the shit kicked out of them. And there could be a cultural uh, element to that, which makes you think about all these fucking teenagers that come out of the Dominican Republic, and like how many of them? How many times does the cultural uh, the cultural factor just leave so many of those uh, people in the dust? It's really. Hopefully, it, it might be a good experience for a lot of people. It should be like an internship, right? Like an internship instead of being. If you are like a hot, top prospect, maybe maybe this is how we solve the service time thing. You can go. You're still a, you are. It's almost like going out on loan, but you can't play in the big leagues. You got to go to Japan or Korea, somewhere like that, and uh, you can make some money. And then, but then you get to come back and still be a member of whatever team. How's uh, that? Sound? That's not a bad idea. Going out on loan. Yeah, I kind of like that. Sold. Um, I think that's it. We are running late, and I got to go back to work <laughs> at some point. Um, I do. I. We're going to do a super bad next week. We haven't done one in a little bit. And the super bad, I've, we've joked about brewers all day a bunch. But I really want to do, to, for us to talk about the brewers and what the Blue Jays can learn from the brewers and the way they built that team. Because it's really intriguing, I think. And I think it's a topic of worth delving into. Not now. Next week, I, all, I am cheering emphatically for the brewers to catch the Cubs and win the division so that they don't have to play the play-in game. And then that way we can safely have that discussion knowing that they have like another week of baseball <laughs> beyond the, t- the day that we recorded. Yeah. So that's my goal. Bit of a long shot. Um, but whoever it is that they have to face, it could be the Dodgers. That's the, it could be the Dodgers. It could be the Rockies. So no, uh, no great shakes either way. That's a tough matchup for anybody. Those are three good teams. Um, four good teams if you throw the Cubs in there as well. So that's my idea. That's a bit of a teaser for next week. Um... And that's it. I really want to talk about the Brewers okay. because, again, they're a good model. They're an interesting model. I think more teams like shouldn't in baseball should follow. I do. Yeah, I, I agree. That's why it's a, uh, that's why a teaser is the appropriate word because what what uh, actually you know going out and trying to win ball games that's what a concept. That's crazy. We don't do that anymore. No, no, never. Not even once. Um, but that's it. So uh, I know that tonight, by the time everyone hears this, it'll be over. But if anyway. Hope everyone had fun at the uh, the athletic subscriber event that was that is in the future for us, but the past for you. Um, I know that you, Stoughton, will be there, and I think that I might just be there as well as a subscriber, as a regular Joe who pays his, his money every month. Um, but hopefully that was fun, and if not, we'll talk about the incident. God, I can't believe what happened. <laughs> yeah, I want to formally apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they let Blake just kept talking about wrestling the entire time. It's like people want to talk about the Raptors, but God, the Japanese wrestling. Um, but that's about it. Other than that, the season will be over when we when we next speak again. Yeah. So it'll be like a bit a bit of a post mortem time. Maybe we'll bring uh, some some fun friends out, and we'll do Brewers all day as well. So for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. We'll talk to you next week on Birds All Day. Yeah.